Today's episode is brought to you by High Heels and Politics with Marianne Christie. Join Marianne as she interviews political leaders of Southwest Ohio and beyond. Download the show wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Pam, you ready to start 2020 off with an all-new podcast? (laughs) Hey, Ryan, don't you usually ask me a question? Oh, no questions today. I think you know enough already, Pam. Hmm, I feel like you're not telling me something. Hello and welcome to the 20s, the 2020s, the roaring 2020s, and an all-new Voice of Loveland podcast for ionloveland.com. I am your host, the Loveland Tadler, R.D. Kulik, and with me here is, well, she doesn't have her flapper dress on right now, but we'll have to give it a few years. That's the greatest other host, Pam. How are you today, Pam? Hi, Ryan. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope everyone had a great holiday. Ryan, I hope you had a wonderful holiday oh, with your gosh, family. Oh, gosh. I always do. I hope you do, too. I mean, look, it's family, so, I mean, there's more than enough... Uh, songs, movies, everything out there about how family is the uh, your best friends and enemies all at the same time. So. Well, I was lucky enough to spend the holidays away in the nice warm weather of Florida. Quite frankly, kind of dumb to come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's cold and I really enjoyed the 80s in the, in the sunshine. No, I, I am with you on that. I was back in my ancestral homeland of St. Louis making my Cincinnati Red Sun boo the Cardinal Stadium as we drove by. <laughs> so it's kind of my, my dirty little secret out there. There you guys go. All the people that don't like me. Yes, I am from St. Louis and a former Cardinals fan. But that's the most I'll say about that. In the spirit of transparency, me there telling you everything you need to know about myself, we're going to talk today a little bit, Pam, about honesty. Let's put it that way. In a very simple way to, to kind of look at it. And it's been about a month or so since the last time the city council met. It's been, seems like eons, even though it was a few weeks ago, the last time the school board met. And now everybody's getting ready for 2020 and thinking about what the future of our city is going to look like. And there's nobody that's more so thinking about the future of the city than us, I believe. That's true. I mean, we have about a million different media outlets here for the 13,000 people in Loveland, but they all kind of cover the same thing. We're, we're trying to really look out what's going on out there. And I wanted to bring up this idea of honesty because we ended 19 off on the talk of accountability. This is important. We want to keep people accountable. Well, I want to continue that conversation, and I want to start off with a concept of what is a school board and what is city hall, what are the city council not telling us? They seem to talk to us a lot. They seem to, I think I've made this reference before, they, I, I have a feeling a lot of the council members feel like if they say transparency three times, it will appear just like Beetlejuice. But <laughs> it, it, I mean, but that's not what it is. They present all these big things. They say they're doing it for Loveland. They say they're doing it for the people. They say they're doing it for the school district. But there's a lot of things they're not telling you. And I personally don't believe they're doing it for the citizens of Loveland. Well, and I think that's what's leading to or lending itself to the frustration of so many people. And I also think, quite frankly, I think it was partly responsible for the failure of that massive tax increase that the Board of Education wanted the voters to pass. Uh, There were a lot, a lot of questions, not a lot of answers, not a lot of honesty, to Mm -hmm. be honest with you. As we noted in the past, we actually did a podcast, you know, Mm -hmm. why'd they lie to us? It's not only about accountability, it also leads into what are they not telling us? Yeah. Because there's a lot they're not telling us. Well, and I want to start with the school board here. The whole conversation, let me start here and then go to the school board. The whole conversation today is going to be about how does this affect the Loveland resident, the Loveland taxpayer? I know the school sits in also Miami Township and sits in Sims Township. 
but all the facilities are in Loveland, which means we're responsible for all the infrastructure. We're responsible for 100% of our share for the safety, the police officer, the school resource officer that is there. Not just there, but at a private school in St. Columbus. It is Loveland. I mean, we are eye on Loveland. We are the voice of Loveland. So we're looking at this very much from a Loveland taxpayer point of view, a Loveland family's point of view, a Loveland business owner's point of view. You walk your dogs in Loveland. I, my kid goes to school in Loveland. We live here. We have property taxes. So when they're not telling us the truth, we are the ones that get hit the most. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up about the student resource officer, police officers that are stationed at our various schools. And obviously, safety of our students is paramount. I mean, there's no ands, ifs, or buts about that. What I think, though, that a lot of people don't understand, and now I'm talking to the Loveland taxpayers, okay? And I'm talking to the Loveland taxpayers, to the people who actually live in the city of Loveland, have to file a tax return and pay a 1% income tax to the city of Loveland. This is not about the people who identify as living in Loveland because they have a 45140 zip code. And the reason I'm making this distinction is because the people who actually live in the city of Loveland, I don't think they understand that they pay the expenses for the school district's student resource officer, and we now have two, we used to have one, the city of Loveland taxpayers pay that expense, even though the school district is in two other municipalities, Sims Township and Miami Township. They're actually townships, not municipalities, but you get the gist of it. (laughs) I know, but people will say, whatever. I know. Okay. My point is, is that why don't they tell us that? Why are they not telling the taxpayers of Loveland, that you're footing this bill. But more importantly, why aren't we fixing this? Why is the city of Loveland taxpayers, why do we foot that entire bill? And now we're also, the taxpayers of Loveland, are also paying for the private schools, student resource officer, a private school. A religious school. A religious school. St. Columban. And a great school, don't get me wrong, not pick it on the school. But once again, we're talking about money here. And we're talking about the taxpayers of Loveland. And that school is also located and has students that come from, you know, Sims, Miami Township. So Ryan, why don't they tell us this? I mean, why doesn't the school board talk about the obligations of the city of Loveland? We never hear them ever talk about that. And I think it's because the board wants people to feel good about the programs without telling them exactly how much it costs. I think it's also important going back to the school because it's not just about the schools. Loveland taxpayers not only foot that bill, but any time that the schools need a new or additional school resource officer means that we have to take one of our officers in the city of Loveland and we have to give them basically to the school of which we're paying for. But now we have to go out and hire a new additional police officer. And once again, that's a cost that is borne by the Loveland City taxpayers. Mm -hmm. I mean, we want to make this clear. The school pays for half of the police officer for the school, but then Loveland residents pay the other half. So we pay 100% of their share. None of the money money comes from Miami Township. None of it comes from Sims Township. And if you listen to Councilman Kent Blair, he makes it very clear that Loveland has the minority number of students in the district. 
So we don't even have half the students in the district. Yet, yet we, we pay, pay 100% of that obligation. And it's interesting because, and I'm glad you brought that up, because I know during my tenure on city council, that was always one of my questions is where did this arrangement come from? And why is the city taxpayers of Loveland footing the 100% of the bill or 100% of the cost when we don't even have the majority of students? Yeah. No, it's, it, it's and, so And ridiculous. honestly, every time I ask the question, well, that's just the way it always was. Yeah. Yeah, that, exactly. And look, this is what we want, leadership that looks yeah. at the way it was, not the way it can be. And it's leadership not only from the school board, because they need to start talking about this stuff too. It's also leadership from the city council, because the city council is the one who votes to spend the money. Well, board chair Art Jarvis, school board chair, he doesn't even live in Loveland, so he doesn't care about taking our money and giving as much to the schools whatsoever because it's not his tax dollars. But I, I want to continue on with the school, and more specifically, I want to say what board chair Jarvis and what superintendent Dr. Krause are not telling us. Now, they gave us a doom and gloom scenario if we didn't pass the levy in November. And the levy, I mean, I don't know if you guys, if you're just tuning in, welcome. But the levy failed spectacularly. Yet, Mr. Jarvis dug his heels in and decided he should not resign. By the way, he should resign because it's a failure of leadership. Not just the levy vote, but getting us to this point. So now they're claiming, oh, we're going to have to make all these cuts. We don't have all these things. And again, this is under the leadership of Mr. Jarvis and Dr. Krause. So we have to pass this operating levy, the 6.95 or whatever. And I don't know why anybody, especially a Loveland taxpayer, are going to trust any of these people, especially since they don't even live in Loveland and pay taxes. But I'm going to tell you about something. There's a thing here in Ohio that's going to be going on this year called, um, it's like ed choice or educational choice. Basically, it's a system for people who pay taxes into the schools, but the schools aren't doing very well. Let's use the Cincinnati City Schools as an example. If you're not going to Walnut Hills, you're probably not going to a great Cincinnati public school. (laughs) I know there's other ones out there, but still for the most part. So what this program from Columbus says is that if you are in one of these schools that's considered um, not failing, but, but falling behind, not meeting the standards set by the state, you as a parent can join this program and get a scholarship, get vouchers to send your kids to a private school. Now, that money comes out from the schools. So if Loveland's on this list, that money comes out of Loveland schools. This is more money they're going to be losing. I am curious if anybody that's listening to this or anybody that's interested in the schools know this is going on because Loveland Primary School is on that list. If you have a kid in Loveland Primary School, you can take your tax dollars that you're paying to the schools and send that kid to private school, which means Loveland Primary School is not meeting the standards. And I know a lot of the other schools are very close to not meeting standards. So why is Mr. Jarvis not talking about that? Why is Dr. Krauss not talking about that? Why do they always step up and all of their supporters constantly say, our schools are great? They're obviously not. Because we are now going to lose more money. Why in all their projections are they not talking about losing this money? Again, why are they not telling us the truth? I don't care how nice you think they are, okay? Somebody can be as nice, they can be as godly, they can be as whatever you want with them. But if they're not telling you the truth and they're dealing with your checkbook, you better have some questions. Well, uh, I don't disagree with anything. I mean, the bottom line is we're in the position because of their lack of leadership. Once again, you've got board president Jarvis. I mean, he's responsible for this. You have long-serving Dr. Lorenz. 
28 years? Come on, folks. Seriously, you know, you can keep putting these tax levies up there, but until this changes, until the players change, there's no reason why this should continue like this. Because clearly, they cannot lead. Oh, I'm, I'm flat out shocked that the two of them have not resigned I, yet, con- considering how much of a, a vote of no confidence they got. But you know what they did? They put together their ad hoc committee. They didn't even, everyone that wanted to be on it didn't get to be put on it because... But did you even know anything about that? No, they put it together. They took a couple of vocal people from the no campaign. From what I hear, they didn't listen to the committee whatsoever. Anyways, it's look, there's a lot of things they're not telling you. I wanted to bring up that educational choice thing and you can go just type in ohio ed choice mm-hmm. and you can look at it up yourself people and that's but i it. wanted to bring that up to show that they are purposely the school board knows this the superintendent knows this and they're purposely not telling you this because they're trying to protect their own hides instead of doing what's best exactly for us. well and i think that's where you get i mean uh, ryan there is so much there's lots of uncertainty here and people are nervous. I mean, people are nervous throughout the country. People are nervous with that, you know, within their community. And I think that that's part of why the school levy, that massive tax increase, why it failed. But this nervousness is because these, the people who we have entrusted to lead and to share information with and to tell us what is actually going on are not. And when you're not doing that, you need to leave. Yeah. And I don't care that they're your neighbor, you go to church with them, that they're wonderful people. It doesn't matter. They're not leading. Yeah, you don't want to trust me with your sports car because like you and my wife say, I drive like a grandma. I'm not treating that sports <laughs> car well. I may be a nice guy and everything and your car's going to come back. Well, it'll probably be a little dirty because I like to eat in my car, but I'm not treating that car right. So you just got to know. You got to know what people, what their abilities are. And Mr. Jarvis, Ms. Lorenz, I'm even starting to question Dr. Krause. Their ability is not what's good for our schools. Look, and their decisions and their lack of leadership is affecting our lives. It is affecting your children's lives. It is affecting the quality of their education. It is affecting our property values. And it is affecting the rates that we pay in taxes. So I don't care that you like them, that Mm -hmm. they may be, oh, nice people. Well, I'm going to ask this question at the end, but I'm going to say here too is how much you like somebody, what's that worth to you? Because in the end, if they don't do the right job, you will pay for it in your taxes. Yes. So let's move on to the city council and taxes and spending money. And a, uh, the, the Mayor Bailey regime seems, um, what's the old saying? I would say they spend like drunken sailors, but that's an insult to drunken sailors. <laughs> no doubt. They seem to love to spend money. And they seem to love to spend money by giving away everything they can to their friends, be it the Chamber Alliance with all these events that you, the taxpayer, support, that you, the taxpayer, your money goes so they can use it as a fundraiser. They being outside entities, people that don't even live in Loveland. They also have what? uh, Oh, yeah. We gave an entire municipal parking lot away to the farmer's market because, again, oh, well, they're nice people and they're this, which we don't even know if there's any value to that. Not to mention the fact that they pay no taxes. Yes. But the parking garage. Now, you and I, Pam, we have uh, gone back and forth on this, and we basically called our $10 million parking garage, this parking facility that they want to build over there behind the works. And it's been a big issue for us because I think it represents what not just our issue is with this government, but all governments. Look, there's nobody on that city council now. Nobody. 
who has grand experience in parking management. And as a matter of fact, the only, I mean, what do you like to say? They love to hire consultants. <laughs> so, and the only consultants that maybe knew anything or that they, the Mayor Bailey regime, Bailey and all her boys now, that they even had any question or anybody they had hired, sorry, I'm getting my words m- mixed up here, that maybe had any semblance of expertise was Yarding Company, the master planners for the downtown plan. And they did not recommend this parking garage. But I'm going to tell you something, Pam. Again, what they're not telling us is the theme of this. So they did vote via emergency unanimously to authorize the city manager to purchase his land for a parking garage in May of 2019. Public knew nothing about it. The Loveland taxpayer that will pay for this. Not only did the public not know about it in May, but if you recall, the public was very engaged in this master plan process with a big public meeting in January. And I think there was a subsequent one, you know, in March or April. It didn't even come up in any of that. So we actually had two where the public was engaged in this master plan process before their May vote where they decided that they were going to buy this land to build this parking garage. And nowhere in any of those meetings did the idea, concept, we're going to do this, we're building a parking garage. Never mentioned. Well, I will tell you again what they're not telling us, the taxpayer. I think I referenced this on an earlier podcast. I did a public records request looking for revenue projections for the garage, looking for any traffic studies that show us, any economic studies that show that we may need this garage. And I didn't expect to get anything back because I don't think any of that existed. And I'm half right and half wrong. I'm half right in the fact that those things I asked for, the revenue projections and the economic studies, those don't exist. They don't, people. They don't know how much this is going to make, and they don't even know if we need it. But I got back a document request that was over a thousand pages. <laughs> and there was a lot in there. There was. Um, I bet you had fun over the oh, holidays. <laughs> it, was, it was a great holiday. Hey, and you know it's weird. I, I mean, we're laughing, but I actually do enjoy doing that stuff. I mean, it, it, it's interesting to me. And you always find that little. It's a needle in the haystack situation because there's a lot of stuff repeated. I, I will tell you this, Pam. After. The parking garage. I mean, we had the one public hearing, which I'm still questioning the value of it because they had already decided to build it by the time they had the public hearing. But you know what? They were engaging the heck with all these businesses. That I mean, they were emailing left and right saying, ooh, support our parking garage with all these businesses. They were talking to all sorts of people in the government, you know, working with them, talking with them, having, oh, we need you to help us get money and we need this. They were very active in all that stuff. Nothing about the residents, nothing about the taxpayers. And speaking of the taxpayers not being engaged, this wasn't like some kind of secretive stuff or something the city manager was working on so he could present it to city council. Councilman Tim Butler, in March of 2019, so this is before their May meeting, had an email out to the uh, two members of Yarding Company where he said in there about building a parking garage either on the Linda Cox lot or another to-be-determined site. Now, I bring that up, Pam, because at the same time, the city had done an appraisal, this is March of 2019, On the property on Railroad Avenue, the little two-duplex house, that's not the property they voted on in May. property they voted on in May was the one by the works. And the city manager and city council said they needed that property for the parking garage. Why were they doing an appraisal on that house area there? And then when they buy it later, they go, oh, this will be good for the parking garage. My point is what they're not telling you is they were working with everyone and talking to everyone to get all these things in place, including the businesses, the private businesses, mind you, that are going to directly benefit. They were talking to all of them and making sure they were not talking to the Loveland taxpayer. 
That's exactly right. If I recall too, wasn't it sometime with that whole, and and I'm with you too, I don't really understand that whole public... It's supposed to be a public hearing, but... But it was a public hearing, but they had already authorized the purchase of the property, which we had already, we've already covered that in a podcast as well. But what was interesting about it is I recall that Dave Kennedy, the city manager, said something about they were still doing their due diligence. But according to that records request, the due diligence was already done. Yeah, they were already setting everything up. So They the had mo- done that months before. Right. So the moment when they voted via emergency, again, this is making deals in the dark. Exactly. This is making deals in the hallways. This or is, over to- right. This is, this, this is your typical back room, away from the public eye, secret meetings. Yeah. And they again, they have no revenue projections. No. They say it's going to be paid, which means as a taxpayer, we're going to have to pay twice. And they're also going to tell you, because I saw uh, there's one meeting where they're like, oh, it's going to cost like $6 million or $7 million or things like that. Guys, in that request, they have to talk about taking a bond out. And that bond is going to be over 30 years, or that's what it's anticipated. And basically, over that 30 years, there's going to be a debt service that is money paid for by the Loveland taxpayers, taken out of us, of just over $81,000 a year. Over 30 years... That adds up to almost $11 million. Now, that doesn't include the maintenance on the garage? Nope. So let's say for a moment here, let's, and this is not, I will tell you right now, this will not happen. This is not the way this works. But let's say the revenue generation offsets the the, uh, maintenance. It's still $10 million, over $10 million of Loveland citizen taxpayer money. Yeah. That's the fact. Yeah. But they won't tell you that. They'll say, oh, it's going to be easier to get parking to go to one of these restaurants. Well, I hate to sound like a broken record here, Pam. Then why the heck do not the private businesses pay for it? They're the ones benefiting. Obviously not us. Well, let me ask you another question because we talk about what aren't they, you know, what else aren't they telling us? Because clearly there's a lot they haven't told us in regards to the parking garage in general how the idea even came about, why they think it's, you know, even necessary. All of this has been done in the dark, and it's been done without any discussion with the public. Once again, as we've said, the public was engaged in that master. There were three meetings in that master plan process. There was the meeting in January. There was the meeting, I think, in I think it was in April, maybe. Yeah, it was actually on April 1st. Yeah. Oh, there you go. April. And then there was another meeting that was over at the firehouse, which was the final one. Nowhere in those three meetings where they had the public there was a parking garage ever talked about the purchasing of this land, the cost, $10 million, none of that came up in the public. But they were certainly talking about it in private. Mm -hmm. And that's what that record shows. Yeah, well, it's not only that. Bottom line. It's not only that it was just the counselor, the city manager. They were talking to other people. People. Just not the taxpayers. Just not taxpayers. And so this leads me to my question, because, yes, they were very engaged with the businesses. So why is the city so willing to give away $10 million for a parking garage to downtown businesses, but the city is reluctant, and not only reluctant, just plain and simply won't do it, to ask businesses the specifics about their business? I mean, the way I look at it is before we spend $10 million of taxpayers' money, shouldn't we know whether it's worth doing? I have a... a I mean, what are they not telling us? I have a simple answer to that. They don't want to know the answer. 
we don't have revenue projections because they don't want that to be public knowledge that we're not going to make enough money to make this viable. They don't want an economic impact study. They don't want to know if this really is valuable because honestly, Pam, it's not. Yes, it's difficult to park sometimes, especially during the summer. It's really difficult to park when you give away an entire municipal parking lot to a private entity. But for the most part, everybody makes it work and it doesn't. And look, I, hey, I don't know. I, From what I understand, the restaurants are doing great. I heard nonstop about how great business was downtown. So if it, you're going to have a business tell me that business is not doing great because there's not a garage? Why don't you ask the specifics of their businesses? Yeah, they, and hey, this is all interconnected, okay? I mean, this is really what it comes down to. Mayor Kathy Bailey signed the nominating petition for school board chair Art Jarvis. She signed his petition. Anybody out there during the last election saying they're not connected, they are completely connected. Mayor Bailey wants Art Jarvis on that school board. That's what she wants. She wants him running that school board, and they want lockstep, everyone voting unanimously on everything. And you see where it got us. And now the city council wants to move the same way. But you know what? One of those private businesses also threw a fundraiser for Mayor Bailey during her re-election campaign, paid for everything, ended up being the second highest political donor to her during the entire campaign. That's why she cares more about giving those private businesses our dollars and caring about what the tax, what's going to happen to the taxpayer. Ryan, here's the bottom line is, why aren't taxpayers given something in return? Why is it that Kathy Bailey gets something in return? Why is it that Art Jarvis gets something in return? They're all quick to spend all our money, and the businesses are all quick to come to council and say, oh, yay, you're going to give us a, something free, something free. You're going to build us a parking garage. Oh, yay. What about the taxpayers? When do we get something? Because you know what it leads to? High taxes. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I can sit here and tell you right now, we need to have a discussion with taxpayers and ask them, do we need a $10 million municipal parking garage for just downtown Loveland? A handful of businesses. There's what, 25 businesses down there? $10 million. What could that $10 million be used for within the entire community? In the end, they don't care because they're nice. They don't. They're nice people. All their supporters say they're nice people. We have to elect them because they're nice. They're, they're our neighbors or my kids went to school with theirs or they're really good or they're really nice. And they say the word transparency so many times. But again, I asked this question like I did a little bit ago. How much are you willing to pay for that? I know you want your public servants to serve. And our public servants, they do. They serve. They serve private interests, not the people. We've laid that out, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. I, I'm going to be hesitant to do this, but I'm going to do this. Are we wrong, Pam? You're out there listening to this, and you're thinking, my God, they are just, what's the term I, I love to hear all the time? Sour grapes. They're just yeah, sour grapes. My phone number is 513-600-8077. Ryan Kulik, you call me and you tell me why I'm wrong. You tell me why it's okay. You tell me, you show me the data to say that, paying $10 million of Loveland taxpayer money. Not Mr. Jarvis's money, because he doesn't live in Loveland. Not the Chamber Alliance, not the owners of those businesses. You tell me why that's a good thing. You explain it to me. And if you're just going to tell me in the end, because this is what I hear, oh, but they're nice people. Then fine, you're willing to pay for it. But this is what I will tell you. When the bill comes due, because it will come due, the same thing that happened with that school levy, that grotesquely high school levy, the public is going to react poorly to this. So I just ask you guys, keep watching out there and uh, find out what they're not telling you and why they aren't telling you that.
Ryan, the bottom line here is that we need people who govern in a financially responsible manner. We need people who want to have conversations with the public, actual conversations, not with just people who they like and not with just people that they're connected to. We are a whole community and you need to govern for the entire community and we need to govern in a financially responsible way because when you don't, all this leads to is more and more bureaucracy and more and more taxes. And we haven't even gotten to the committees, which just shows you how how small of a we, group of people are determining everything that goes on in love. Oh, yeah. But not only have we not even gotten to the committees, we haven't even talked about the land that the school has the contract for over there at Grailville. Because there's a lot of information that the city council and the school board is also not telling us. Yeah, being the Loveland Tadler, a little birdies tell me a lot of things, and... This is what I'll leave you guys with. Just watch and see if the city of Loveland starts talking about buying Grailville. Yep. So with all that being said, and with that nice little tease there at the end, <laughs> the Voice of Loveland, the podcast for ionloveland.com, is a production of Ion Community. This show was written, engineered, mixed by Pam Gross and Ryan Kulik, and the music is always by my father-in-law, Sherrod Sate. And any good advice for the people going into the 20s here, Pam? No, but I just want to thank everyone for listening. I hope that you will continue to listen to because we've got a lot, a lot of stuff to discuss. So I want everyone out there to be informed, be involved, and be influential. 